This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you want better mental health? Then BetterHelp is for you. It is affordable, accessible, and most importantly, personalized online therapy. There is a special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash the Lucy Pod. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Everyone, and welcome back to the Lucy Pod. I hope that you are all well and staying safe. Before we get into today's episode, I have a few things to say. First of all, happy ADHD Awareness Month. Woohoo! Insert fanfare here, Trent. Another year, another month of ADHD awareness, and I am still ADHD and happy as ever. Happy, I am happy, but I do have my moments, you know, the PMS, stress, driving lessons, combination of those things make it so that I'm not in a constant state of elation. But what I mean is that I'm ADHD and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm also on my 10th driving lesson and I still don't feel any more confident. I have now stopped at an intersection twice and driven towards oncoming traffic once for now. Insert car crash noises here, Trent. The lesson always starts off really well and then I don't know what happens. I become silly and I I make poor decisions. I lose focus technique and awareness, but let's put out an intention, even though I don't believe in those things. Let's hope that by the end of ADHD Awareness Month, I will have had a good lesson that does not involve danger because we don't need that. We need awareness in driving when it's ADHD Awareness Month. Do you see the joke I just made? It was terrible. Trent might even cut it out. (laughs) Anyways, now, Let's get into today's episode. Towards the end of September, I recorded an episode and was going to release it like around this week until everything kind of changed. It was all about Bill Shorten adding ADHD to the NDIS. It was a very passionate episode uh, where I discussed the need for ADHD to be added because of how dire ADHD equity and access is at the moment. Um, And although from my understanding, it still has not been added to the NDIS, on Wednesday, the 5th of October, ADHD guidelines had finally been released in Australia. Basically, clinical guidelines on the identification, diagnosis and treatment of people with ADHD in Australia have finally been endorsed. Incident fanfare here, Trent. The article all about this is linked below and I encourage you to read it before continuing with this episode. This article was such great news because as I said in my unreleased episode, I talked a lot about 
the issues I had with ADHD access and how the ADHD population is super disenfranchised because of how problematic the system is. Diagnosis, waiting lists of like six months, expensive medication, expensive psychiatry, psychiatrist appointments, and just expensive diagnosis. It's ridiculous. So this is a massive step toward ADHD access, support, and awareness. But honestly, before continuing to listen, I really urge you to read the articles that I've listed in the show notes. So I'll give you a moment. Okay, done. As we now know, the 111 recommendations were wide ranging from the use of medications, family support, and a need for further research. Here are just a few of interest. Parents and carers of ADHD children should be offered training and support when a child is diagnosed. This is fantastic because so many parents, the kid gets diagnosed and they're kind of just left with like, go on and do what you will with that. And parents feel lost. It can be daunting. It can be confusing having a neurodivergent kid. But when you have support there, it makes life so much easier. Number two, people diagnosed with ADHD should have access to the NDIS. I like that recommendation. Three, there needs to be a greater focus on supporting students with ADHD in school and tertiary settings. I completely agree. Although I had an amazing time in high school and my university is fantastic with my ADHD, this isn't for everyone. A lot of people have had really painful and difficult experiences. So if we can alleviate that, that is fantastic. Number four, there should be greater involvement of GPs in the identification, diagnosis and treatment of the disorder. This one, I don't know how I feel about because I'm of the belief that that's what psychiatrists are for, but I totally acknowledge that not everyone has access to a psychiatrist and there aren't that many psychiatrists available. So I do think it's good to make it easier for people in terms of cost, but I would like to see what that involvement means. What do they mean by the identification and diagnosis? Does it mean that they can approve it? Can they conduct a diagnosis? I don't know. So I'm not going to comment too much on that one, but you know what? Progress doesn't hurt. It just needs to be fine-tuned. Point number five, children should be given clear pathways for treatment and support into adolescence and eventually adulthood. True. Six, ADHD medication should be monitored on an ongoing basis. I totally agree. I am a massive advocate of choice and I am a massive advocate of medication, but I continuously reiterate that it is so important that when you're on medication to make sure that you're checking in with your doctor because although medication is amazing and it works for me and it works for 70 to 80% of people, those 70 to 80% of people are having their meds monitored. It's so important, no matter on what medication you're on, you need to check in with your doctor. Before even going on or off it, it's so important to do that. So I absolutely love that. There should also be a focus on non-medical interventions such as lifestyle changes. Now this one, I don't know how I feel about it because it is making me think of like, oh, well, just exercise and diet and don't take meds kind of thing. But that could just be an assumption on my part. So I don't know what they mean by this. So I'm going to wait and see. And then the final point, more knowledge is needed to better understand and detect ADHD in girls and women. And this one is my favorite because as we know, throughout history in the medical world, women are just left out. 
men have been the basis for a lot of medical things, even things that concern women. I'm pretty sure like a certain type of contraceptive was tested on men before it was like put out on the market. Like it wasn't tested on women. Fact check that I might be imagining, but a lot of the criteria, a lot of treatment, a lot of media, it's all focused on boys being neurodivergent, which has its place, which is important. But if you're a young girl and you want to go get diagnosed um, with ADHD, you don't want the basis to be men. You want it to be a basis on women, more research on women and people in your age group. Uh, so yeah, the medical world, medical history is super sexist and it's always dubbed women as hysterical, like histrionic, dramatic, attention seekers, uh, bipolar, crazy, psycho, when it's like, actually, she's just neurodivergent. So I love this last point. This is fantastic. This is what ADHDers have been fighting for because we need it. It is essential to accommodating, um, to making the neurotypical world accommodating to the neurodiverse because whether people like it or not ADHD is here to stay neurodiverse neurodiversity is here to stay no diets and no exercise can cure ADHD or get rid of it we are here to stay in this neurotypical world and in order of uh, in order for us to have a good time we need these things some people have a problem with me saying this and I actually talked about the lovely comments about adding ADHD to the NDIS in the unreleased episode. And they were, yeah. And so what would you suggest? Let the most vulnerable people just suffer? And then another person goes, yes, that is what they're suggesting. Uh, another comment. Let's just stop mucking around and just give everyone a disability supplement. Uh, and while we're at it, let's rename the NDIS as the magic pudding. Where's all the money coming from? particularly in the case of ailments like ADHD, which has no clinical diagnosis other than behavioural observations. The opportunity for rorting the public purse has never been so easy. We can't afford it. He can't be serious. Interesting to look at which posts are getting the most attention on this. This is so open to abuse. The label can be applied very loosely. To which I said, nice. Uh... A lot of these comments have a few things in common. Number one, they did not read or understand the article. Number two, they do not understand what ADHD is and believe it is just a matter of poor concentration. And number three, they do not believe in or understand the NDIS system or the idea of a social welfare system. So... I went on to explain the social welfare system in Australia and the NDIS, and it kind of went something like this. So there's the Social Security Act of 1991, and it is an act passed by the Parliament of Australia in 1981 to provide for the payment to eligible people in Australia, certain pensions, benefits and allowances, and for other related purposes. This Social Security Act, the SSA, was enacted to replace the Social Security Act of 1947. In 1999, the Social Security Administration Act was enacted in which provisions in the SSA concerning the administration of Social Security payments were split into a separate act. All of this will be in the show notes. 
The scheme was legislated in 2013 and went into full operation in 2020. The scheme is administered by the National Disability Insurance Agency, the NDIA, and overseen by the NDIS Quality and Safeguards Commission, the NDIS Commission. This scheme entitles people with a permanent and significant disability under the age of 65 to full funding or any reasonable and necessary support needs related to their disability, and this is subject to certain restrictions. Funding is allocated to the individual, and the individual or their guardian chooses which providers supply the funded goods and services subject to certain restrictions. It is not an insurance policy. It is entirely publicly funded. So, hmm, who knows? Maybe I should release the full app at some point with like a heavy disclaimer that this was pre-positive announcement. Let me know if I should. So back onto this, um, these recommendations, I mean, there was 111, but the key ones that um, are listed in the article are fantastic. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but there's still a lot of issues. I really, and maybe this is the optimist in me, I really believe we have to celebrate big and small victories without sounding wanky and like American. I think that this is such a fantastic step like the joy I felt when I saw this because that episode that I did it was not like horrible and like grim but it was kind of pessimistic like it was a lot of you know okay well if you don't want the ADHD and the NDIS like what else do we have I was feeling very hopeless and uninspired and the comments that were left on you know the NDIS ADHD being added to the NDIS really really saddened me even though I can't let those people get to me and I have to remember that people are entitled to have their views and I can't convince someone of their own delusions. Like I can't convince someone to abandon their delusions and versions of reality, but it was still difficult. Like I found it very upsetting and, you know, the release of the episode was going to be kind of like bittersweet. Like even though um, it was considered it's not being added to the NDIS and like this episode is like an, a lament to that. And then my good friend Claire, who's been on the pod a couple of times, who has amazingly shared her experience being OCD, she sent me the article um, on the um, from the ABC. She was like, oh my God, look at this, look at this. And we like had a you know little celebration because it is just fantastic. I'm overjoyed, not just for me, but for all the people who feel incredibly disenfranchised and abandoned by this system that only really accommodates neurotypicals. And it's also a system that doesn't, you know, necessarily always help others in a predicament. Like there are a lot of disabled people commenting, saying like the NDIS needs to be fixed before anything. And so to see this step, I think, is just great. It makes me so, so, so happy. And it makes me very, very hopeful. And what I'm also loving about this article, it's that it's opened up a lot of... It's, like, caused a lot of articles about ADHD to appear online. Like, before this, when I would type in ADHD and then click on, like, news, it would be old stuff or, like, 
really irrelevant. Whereas now ADHD is kind of pushed up to the top of the newsfeed, which I love because ADHD kind of gets filtered out. Like, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Misbehaving children. And, oh, they just take drugs. Da, 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 da. They cost us so much money. Whereas now it's getting pushed up in the media. And that makes me so happy because it's all and well to like say ADHD awareness month, woohoo and acceptance. But if it's just that, it is incredibly empowering. It is incredibly important, but it's tokenistic and it makes people feel like they can do the bare minimum. Whereas celebrating big things like this during ADHD Awareness Month that have come about in this period are so much more meaningful and tangible. And I'm just, how do they say it? Like in England, they like, I'm positively pleased. I'm, I'm positively gushing. I'm so excited. It's just wonderful. And it truly, truly is. Um, before I finish off though, I do want to say, I would like to hear from my audience. What do you think of this? Do you think more should be added to the guidelines? Do you think that there shouldn't be these guidelines? Even if you completely disagree with my episode, I'm really open to constructive, intelligent and helpful feedback. If you're just going to comment stupid episode, ADHD isn't real. That's not good faith. That's not you being real. If it's, hmm, I don't agree and here's why and it's constructive, we can have a conversation. That's what the Lucy Pod's about. It's about talking, having conversations with people who agree, don't agree, or who aren't sure. So please, please leave either a review or a comment on this episode post um, about your opinions on this. What do you think? What are you thinking? I'd also love at some point to like have a panel episode of the Lucy pod maybe when I get like a massive studio and kind of talk about this as a round table because I love 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 having guests and I love just recording me but it would be so cool to have like a panel discussion about this because as we know ADHD is a spectrum and not all ADHDs think the same or need the same things so it'd be really great to get a spectrum of views and ideas and feelings about this so with that, I want to say a big last like hurrah to this fantastic news. A warm, 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 happy ADHD Awareness Month. Also a note that the ADHD Foundation, which I'm the youth ambassador for, is having a fantastic online event on ADHD and careers. So if you head on over to their social media, ADHD Foundation, on Facebook and Instagram, you'll be able to register and keep up to date with that. So do not forget. And as usual, I thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Lucy Pod. Take care and do not forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Lucy Pod and follow rate, review, and stream me on all of your favorite streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, Amazon. I mean, the list goes on. Don't forget to show me some love on there and I will talk to you, see you, think of you, I don't know, in the next episode. Bye. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget the special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners where you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash the Lucy Pod.